Welcome back to the Not Rich Yet podcast, where we have discussions in all things money, entrepreneurship, and leadership to help you uncover opportunities to build wealth in ways that are meaningful to you. I'm your host and your financially savvy big sister, Jasmine Sukhanen. Welcome back. It's been a while since you last heard from me. Um, I kind of took an unofficial hiatus um, for the month of March slash part of April. Um, I didn't really intend to. It kind of just worked out that way. Um, I have gotten extremely busy over the past month, taking on a bunch of different things um, with the goal of developing my career and reaching some of the new career goals I have for myself. So as you can imagine, it has been such a whirlwind. And honestly, unfortunately, I just have not had as much bandwidth to focus on recording podcast episodes, um, doing guest research, um, and things of that nature. I don't think I've posted on our Instagram account in a while either. Um, I did a few Instagram stories here and there, um, which you've probably seen if you follow us on Instagram, but I haven't done like a an in-feed grid post in a quick second, but um, I hope to resume doing those very soon, and I hope to come right back with more consistent content um, starting next week slash starting today, I guess. Um, I'm recording this episode right now, Thursday night, and I'm releasing it tomorrow morning, so um, from here on out, I hope to be way more consistent. So if you've been keeping up with me, thank you for your patience. So I really wanted to talk today about a new show on Netflix. Um, it's called How to Get Rich, and it is produced and hosted by one of my favorite people in the personal finance space. His name is Ramit Sethi. You've probably read his book or at least heard of it. Um, it's called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. It's been making some massive, massive waves in recent years, though I believe it's actually been out for a really long time now, but his book has been making lots of waves. Uh, he has this uh, ideology. And actually, let me back it up a little bit before I go there. So Ramit's book, I Will Teach You to Be Rich, was actually the first book that I read during the pandemic when I decided to learn more about personal money management for myself. So if you listen to this podcast, you may already know that I basically taught myself everything I know now about money management and building wealth. I was previously only doing like the basics with my money. So that meant 
paying my credit card bill, paying my student loan bill every month, saving a little bit of money here and there, but I definitely could have been saving way more. I knew nothing about 401ks. I knew nothing about Roth IRAs. I didn't really know much about investing either. Um, but when the pandemic hit, I kind of took the initiative to start learning about these things because I was noticing conversations about these topics happening all around me, online, in the news, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what really sparked that money journey for me because I was like, wait a second, like I'm only doing the bare minimum with my money. And there's so much more that I can and should be doing, especially at my age. So that book, Ramit's book, was the first book I picked up. I ordered it right from Amazon um, and I started reading it. I think I finished his entire book in less than a week. Um, but if my memory serves me, which I hope it does. I believe his book is meant to be consumed in a way where you read one chapter a week so you can act on things that you're reading about. Um, I finished his book in a little less than a week and it was great. So he has this idea right off the bat of conscious spending and I think that this is what really separates him from some of the other traditional finance experts in the space. But he has this idea of conscious spending where you can spend as much money as you want, as much money as you can afford on the things you really love, as long as you mercilessly cut out the things that you don't care about. So that doesn't mean you're going to like not pay your rent or not pay your mortgage because you don't like paying rent, but it means like, let's say you really, really love buying your iced coffee. Your iced coffee is the highlight of your day. You love going around the corner to your local barista, striking up a conversation, maybe sitting at one of the cafe tables with an iced coffee and your laptop and just getting work done. Let's say that's something you truly enjoy, even if it costs six, seven dollars, but maybe you don't care about watching TV. Maybe you don't care for streaming subscriptions, right? So his idea of conscious spending is that you can buy as much iced coffee as you want. You can keep buying that coffee on a daily basis, totally guilt-free, as long as you get rid of that Netflix, get rid of that Hulu, get rid of that HBO, because you don't care about those things. You don't care about the latest TV show. You don't care about watching the movies everyone is talking about. So that's basically his idea of conscious spending. And I think it's been really appealing to a lot of people because it kind of meets us where we're at. And I'll admit that a lot of personal finance advice can feel very preachy um, and very lectury. 
uh, very lecture-like, I guess is the word. Um, the advice can often feel like it is talking down to us instead of meeting us where we're at. And the truth is, is that we're not robots. You know, we will have things we want. We will see something in the window and, you know, instinctively we're like, we got to have it, you know, it's natural. So it can be, it can also be really hard to live on the extreme end of things where you're not allowing to buy, you're not allowing yourself to buy anything at all. So it can be extremely hard to do that. And it's just not sustainable at all. And instead, you might think that, well, you're saving yourself a ton of money by not consuming things, by not purchasing things, even when you really, really, really want to. And sometimes even when you really need to, but it's just not a sustainable habit. And you're going to end up with doing what's called revenge spending, which is where you kind of have all that pent up desire to buy something. And now all of a sudden you just kind of go wild with it because you've been depriving yourself of purchases for so long. So anyways, all that to say that I read his book. I loved his book. I'm a fan of his book. So I subscribe to Ramit's newsletter as well, which is actually where I first found out that not only has he been, you know, getting a lot of positive attention for this book and changing people's lives and hosting a podcast where he changes even more people's lives, but now he also has a show on Netflix that was just released. It aired this past Tuesday. And I decided to sit down and give it a watch. So I'm only two episodes in. I think there are like eight episodes so far. I'm only two episodes in right now. And it's pretty good. Uh, The way the show is set up is that there are a few different people who we're focusing on. And Ramit is working with them individually to kind of meet them where they're at with their situation and help them improve their financial lives. In his mind, your rich life is what you want it to be. And it doesn't even have to look like, you know, driving glamorous cars, living in a mansion or anything like that. Your rich life is you is whatever you feel will make you feel like you have more comfort, more freedom. Um, so he's working with these people to kind of help them get to that place. And I personally think that the individuals that he's chosen to help on this show, I feel like they all have very interesting journeys. So there's this one couple who um, has these kids and the wife is the breadwinner of the family. She's the sole provider of the family, um, working a high paying job. And the husband is a stay at home dad. 
um, and they kind of have some trouble with money in the sense that um, the husband doesn't seem to feel like his needs are seen. Um, throughout the first two episodes, he complains that, you know, his wife doesn't like give him money to do things like buy presents for her and things of that nature. And her issue is that she doesn't feel like she can trust him to make good financial decisions with the money that she quote unquote works hard for. So that's couple number one. Um, couple, well, they're not really a couple, um, but the other person he's helping out is this woman who uh, seems to finance things she can't really afford. Um, her situation is a little bit complex because she ran a business. It was a restaurant um, that ended up getting shut down because of COVID. Um, but there are, there are a lot of things going on, but the vibe I'm getting from her overall is very much a keeping up with the Joneses kind of vibe. Um, we'll see whether or not I end up being right or wrong about that. Um, because again, I'm only two episodes and I plan on continuing to watch this show, uh, later tonight. Um, and then there actually is another couple. Um, they are in a position where they have a ton of debt um, <clears throat> and they are trying to become debt free so they can buy a house. Uh, and honestly, right off the bat, I felt like I was getting such good vibes from this couple like they knew they are in a not so great uh, position where they have a lot of debt, very little savings, but they want to buy a house. They want to have a place to call a home, um, but their vibes are so good. They seem like such positive people. They are really working together on this. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I just got very good vibes from them while watching this show. Um, so hopefully they continue to keep up with the positivity. Um, so we'll see. But that's basically the rundown of his show so far. Um, I'm really excited to kind of see how it unfolds and to see how each person's behavior with their money changes over time uh, because another thing that Ramit is kind of famous for is getting to the root of what causes some of th those unhealthy or not so great habits with your money um, and that really excites me because as someone who has a master's degree in behavioral economics and getting to the root of people's behaviors and true needs, money is extremely emotional. It is extremely behavior-based. Um, and we're constantly seeing that lots of products and services on the market are designed to help us tap into some of those 
psychological systems to help us do better things with our money. So there's so much to unpack when it comes to the way behavior is related to money. Um, there could be some habits you picked up just by watching the way your parents interacted with money. Maybe you took, you really took to heart some of the things you were hearing about money from a young age. Maybe you saw your parents or your older siblings or other family members have really negative experiences with money and you kind of carried that with you, right? Or maybe you grew up thinking that money was this evil thing and that if you had money, it meant you were a bad person. That's kind of how I felt about money when I was super duper young. Um, and I'm not really sure how I came to develop that ideology about money, but in my very young mind, I was probably like, nine or 10 years old, maybe. But in my mind at that time, I thought that if you wanted money, it meant you were a greedy person. And I now know that that is not true at all. Um, and my outlook on money now is that it can provide you with options. It can provide you with freedom and flexibility to live life and make decisions on your own terms. And after all, that is why I really champion building your personal wealth as an individual for yourself. So I'm really excited to see where Ramit's show goes. Um, I think that there's a lot of promise there. I hope his show comes back for another season and this is me saying this when I'm literally only two episodes in but I really like it a lot so far um and I think that his book is fantastic if you have not already read his book you definitely should grab it um in addition to that book I think there are lots of other super valuable titles on the market that are great for getting an overview of personal money management and offering a new way to think about your money in a way that feels meaningful to you. So, I mean, I don't really have a ton else um, to chat about. I was just very excited to hop on and bring up the show. So, you know, I guess if you've made it this far to this super short episode, um, I want to thank you for being very patient with me. Um, I know it's super annoying when you, you know, have something that you listen to consistently when you have a podcast that you are excited to tune into. Um, on a specific day at a specific time and then it's like oh where's this week's episode so um, thank you for bearing with me on that as I uh, kind of maneuver some of the changes that I'm hoping to make in my life 
So again, as a valuable listener, you inspire and encourage me to keep creating this high quality content that genuinely helps you reach all of your goals. And the best way to show me that you're getting a ton out of this show is to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. By doing so, you'll actually also help other people find this podcast so we can all grow together. Uh, Please also don't forget to follow along on social media. I promise I will start posting again. Uh, We are at Not Rich Yet Pod pretty much everywhere. I do all of the researching, the interviewing, the recording, and the hosting. But this show couldn't happen without the help of our Not Rich Yet podcast team. This show is produced by Willie T Productions and edited by Will Tarasha, the founder of Willie T Productions. I'm your host and your financially savvy older sister, Jasmine Suknanen, and I'll catch you in the next episode.